You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. All right, we're going to round out this show this week by talking a little sports, some private jets. It's sort of like, it's like ballers here on Bloomberg Business Week, uh, Carol Masser. Did you ever watch that show, <laughs> Ballers? No, I, I know about it. Right, <laughs> We've talked well, about it. I know. It's, let's it's get a, to it. Let's get right, to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. <laughs> Joe McLean is here with us, managing partner for Intersect Capital, joining us on the phone from San Ramon, California. I, I'm sure he... Uh, he uh, he really likes my uh, Ballers reference, I'm guessing. Joe, really nice to have you uh, with us. Uh, sports, we're missing it. Are we going to get some sports back soon? Please tell me yes. Well, can I just tell you that I, I certainly want it back more than you. I have, I have <laughs> never, never in my career had every single client that we work with sitting at home. Yeah. Uh, with And they've all been good savers. You know, the, the, our rule of thumb is minimum 60% of all uh, net dollars that come in, they must put away for retirement. So they're flush with cash, with a bunch of time on their hands, and really bored and ready to spend money. So I, I see that you, you're going to be talking about private jets afterwards. But they're not always my best friends. Are you telling your clients, like, no, you don't need the private jet? Well, they're 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 pushing really hard because they say actually it is right. a need right now because right. I uh, I don't want to be out in the um, in the public and I've got a you know the NBA they're trying to finish the season baseball is trying to start the season um, yeah. you know the NFL players they haven't even had a chance to take their physicals so right. you have the NFL draft you have the free agents uh, all trying to move around and until they take their physicals those contracts aren't valid. And so there's a lot of uncertainty up in the air right now. And so as you look across, especially the pro sports, just sticking with that for a second, Joe, what are you the most optimistic about, you know, talking to your contacts in the league, talking to your clients, just talking to the folks that, that you talk to? What's a likely scenario for pro sports in your estimation? I think you're going to see golf first. Yeah. Um, you already saw it last weekend with the four of the players uh, playing with, with no fans and no caddies. I thought that was hilarious with Dustin Johnson hitting a shot and just walking away and forgetting that he actually has to carry his bag. <laughs> right. um, that was awesome. It's like, so oh, I right. Think you'll, you'll, you'll see that in June at some point. Um, basketball is – I'm not as optimistic, although if you talk to the players, they're very optimistic. They have yeah. the best relationship with their commissioner, frankly, um, and, and the commissioner has been very candid. Um, but I know he's also been very cautious. You know, I, I – we have some players that are still sitting, Americans that are sitting in China waiting for that league to start. And they've been there now for months. They've they quarantined for two weeks. They've now been there for over two months. Every player is in one city, and they're still not ready to go. So I'm not saying China's a leading indicator of what the NBA can do in the States, but there's still no movement there. And it's tough to say that there'll be movement in the States until I see some positive momentum there. What about other sports? All right, so you talked about golf, you think, first. Yeah. You're not as optimistic about basketball. What else? So baseball, you know, they're, they're a bit stalled with, with the conversations they're trying to have. You know, mm. it's, they've already come out. Obviously, there's going to be a reduced schedule, um, which means reduced salaries. Um, they're still also fighting for some of the, the, the details. Like, um, you know, in baseball, you really want to get your service time under your belt each year. And if they don't play a certain amount of games, they may not qualify for that. So the players want to make sure that all their rights are protected, um, not just not just that it's safe to play, 
but that's also they're not giving in on on anything they they wouldn't give in on a regular season. So I think baseball has has a, a good opportunity to come back, but it's uh, not surely nothing in the summer. And and football, uh, I, I think, is the same. You know, they until each state starts opening up and giving um, you know the players the opportunity to even train, let alone play. Um, I still don't see anything in the summer there. They, they're they've already been told they can't take physicals right uh, until mid mid June, late mm-hmm. June. So. Um, it's going to be a long wait, long, long wait for all of us. Well, Joe, let's talk about baseball if we can for a second, because the economics there, I think, are really interesting, and, and this really plays, I think, into a lot of what you talk about with with your clients. Um, and you know, I had a chance to catch up earlier in the week with Rachel Luba, who is the agent to Trevor Bauer, as you know. And you know, one of the things she said was that they are so far apart in in part because there is. It feels like a fundamental disagreement on the economics and sort of who should kind of bear the burden of this. And I do wonder for someone who is advising uh, baseball players and others about their their wealth, what you make of this argument between the owners and the players. Well, in, in my estimation, baseball has their players association has always had one of the strongest strongest teams in place for the players yeah um and and that has led to some incredible economics on behalf of the players however you know the, the problem now is you know, there's some some athletes making 20 30 40 million dollars a year and they're already seeing a 10 million dollar pay cut um, yeah. nobody's feeling sorry for them but um there's going to be a point where they've got to make have some compromises where in the past they haven't um and then every once in a while the owners want to take out you know for a spin the whole idea of, of salary caps, mm. um, which obviously in baseball don't exist. They do exist in, in, in other sports um, that the players have always fought against. Uh, so there's going to be a compromise, I, I think, because they know how important it is to get the game out because, in, in fairness, the television has been strong. Yeah. Um, but, but the popularity hasn't been there. So you don't want to go away for an entire season, um, I don't think, because you'll lose a lot of momentum. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right, and I think it's also you know worth remembering. Uh, and you pointed to this with the economics that you know the the baseball or baseball, Major League Baseball, and, and the owners and the players, and certainly the owners rely a lot on the gate, uh, you know, for a big chunk right. of that revenue. And so they are going to, uh, they're certainly at a at a moment the owners are where they could lose a lot of money if there aren't uh, fans in those stands. Joe McLean, stick with us. We're going to continue this conversation. Uh, as you can tell, we're pretty into it. Um, we want to talk with you about some of the advice you're giving these guys as they're probably bugging the heck out of you or you're trying to keep them in line, as you say, uh, during this time where they're getting uh, a little bit restless. We're talking with Joe McLean. He is managing partner at Intersect Capital, joining us on the phone from California. Yeah, it's got to be like making sure they don't get into trouble, right? Like, Seriously. They've got a lot of downtime Yeah, <laughs> at this point. Our guest at this hour, Joe McLean, he's managing partner at Intersect Capital, uh, and he joins us on the phone from California. So I am curious, what are the conversations you're having, Joe, with some of your athletes who probably have a lot of extra time on their hands right now? So it's, we've taken advantage of it. it it's been mm-hmm. first couple, I would say January, February, we've created these finance one-on-one themes because um, I've got to keep, keep their mind active because as I mentioned, they've got a bunch of cash and they want to be purchasers of <laughs> consumers. Right. And so we've been having conversations uh, around both being a consumer and an investor. Um, and so, you know, as an example, we, we, we had uh, some dialogue a couple of days ago with, would you rather buy Nike for $94 or 
or would you go rather go buy a pair of Jordans for $200? Uh, and so don't just be a consumer, but be an investor. And so we're going through a lot of those exercises. Um, they all now know what it costs to be them, because that was a big question. You know, do, do you know what it costs to be you? Right. Uh, and then the second question was, how do we make it cost less to be you? And so if I can keep keep going with a lot of dialogue and education, that keeps them active because time and money are not, are not always uh, in your favor, uh, especially in moments where you have nowhere else to go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and and do you sense a? I mean, and this gets back to a little bit of what we were talking about with with baseball, in part because one of the arguments that you know you're hearing sort of in the Twitter sphere and the talk radio sphere is like. They need to understand that this is good for America, and I'm not saying I am saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, that's one of the arguments here. And I do wonder, you know, as we think about sports in culture and athletes in culture, how much you are talking with them about – and I know you were primarily talking about their finances and their their financial health. But but I do wonder, since I know you think about sort of the whole person – what those conversations are like right now, because we're all being a little bit more self-reflective, or, or I think trying to be at least. Yeah, I think we're all getting wake-up calls in some form. Um, totally. And and the big big buzzword has been, you know, are you going to pivot or reset? Yeah. Uh, into a positive direction, but you know what I think it's it's been fascinating with the players is one of the first things that they noticed was the cause and effect that they have on everything else around them. As an example, you know, when they run into a to play in a game, they see all the vendors, all the people that are in the arena. Typically, you're so wired in to play, you don't see anything else around you. Right. Well, now a lot of them are understanding that they're, these people's paychecks were tied to them playing. And you know, the last couple of months, the majority of them are all helping support them, literally making sure they have food, making sure they have income, taking a portion of their income and giving it to them. I think that, that this has been the... It's hard to say it's been the coolest part, but it's been really interesting because now everyone understands how important each other are around them. Yeah. And and so they do want to get back because they also realize, yes, it's great to watch the game and give somebody, you know, as everyone was watching the last dance, but it also gives people jobs um, and, and optimism to get back out there. And so they want to play, but they also want to play so that other people that, that they support um, can get back out there. It's been it's cool. Such, I think it's going to be a big celebration when they get back. Yeah, no, it's a really interesting and important point, I think. And I think we've all thought about that in a number of industries. And sports is a, is a phenomenal example of that. You know, these ecosystems that build up, you know, down to the, the not down to, but including, you know, the parking attendants and, you know, the folks who own the restaurants, you know, right there by Yankee Stadium and every other stadium and, and, and arena around the world. It, it's a really important point. And I think you're right. It takes something like this um, for us to, to really realize that. Yeah. And I hope we don't forget it. I'm, and yeah. even me personally, I, I drive through my small town and I don't always understand how that, how important that we are supporting them. So I'm going to, definitely support the local business owners more more so and i think the athletes are thinking the same you know we have a question that we have been asking you know leaders like yourself and that is you know how you think the coronavirus pandemic is going to change the world you know when we get out of this crisis what's the most important and in your view underappreciated way that the world in in the world that you know will be you know radically different and what do you think it'll be joe well it's it's a it's a tough question to 
answer, but I, I think just re- being re- understanding and, and especially in our space where we work with people that are, that believe and almost, I have to believe that they're invincible, mm. that nobody is. And, and as much as you can plan for uncertainty, um, now you value the importance of doing planning for the unexpected. Um, but I think we'll learn over time that there are some things that we can control um, that we, and there are things that we can't, but we need to do a better job at, at the things that we can control, right? That's what a lot of the wake-up calls we're all getting has been, you know, whether it's our family, whether it's our finances, just having a true plan in place and make it intentional um, and I think we'll be prepared for, for anything going forward and know that, you know, no one person could do it on their own. It, it does take, you know, a, a team of people. Um, and I think it's important to keep supporting those people. So I, I, um, it's fascinating, but I think this is going to be a great, great opportunity coming out of this um, because we're all going to learn from it and we're going right. to teach the next generation how to overcome it. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And it's a really nice optimistic note to end on. Joe McLean, Managing Partner for Intersect Capital, joining us on the phone. And, you know, just to give him some credit, I mean, he's got more than a billion and a half dollars in future contract money coming in for clients. And that includes one of the Splash Brothers, Clay Thompson, Dexter Fowler in the uh, Major League Baseball, in the Major League Baseball, in Major League Baseball, Sergio Garcia. A lot of folks you've uh, heard of he's working with. So I, a really nice conversation. I love what he said about the conversations that he's having with you know, his clients about, you know, what it costs to be them, right? Yeah. And, and how you can impact that. I think that kind of applies to the world. Like, you, totally. if you think about that, you know, we've done that certainly in our house. It's like, okay, what does it cost to be our family? Yes. You know, and, and what can you change to maybe be better? And where were you spending money that you're not spending money before, you know, when you think about your commute, when you think about all these different Big things, time. you know, it's a, it's a radically different world in the short term. And the question is, how different is going to be on the other side. I really like Joe's answer to that question. That was a good one. That's one of the invincibility. We take it for granted.